1: My father Howard built Tapper's jewelry from nothing. Imagine this, mid-70s, dad has a young family and a good job, and he's about to quit. He wants his own business. Found a location, sketched out the design on a napkin. He just needed the money. Oh right, the money. His mother had a little, then he asked his in-laws. I wouldn't have the nerve. But he did, and mom's parents gave what they could, but that still left him $5,000 short. And so, he sold his car, 1976 Oldsmobile Cutlass, his dream car. But the store, that was his real dream. The car had to go. That's what fathers did in those days. Today, dad's mostly retired. Tapper's Jewelry employs 143 people in Metro Detroit, and I get to sit in his chair. If I could, I'd buy that old Cutlass back for him. Goodness knows he earned it. Tappers, tell us your story. Thanks for listening to our story. Visit Tapper's Jewelry because we'd like to hear yours. Welcome back to the
0: Empire Builders Podcast. Dave Young here with Stephen Semple. And I was we we're going to start this episode with the whole scrolling a long time ago <laughs> in a galaxy far, far away. There were these movies, these Star Wars movies, and then three more of them. And in the meantime, toys? We're going to talk about toys?
2: We are going to talk about toys there's a couple of really interesting stories from the early days around the Star Wars toys so as we know Star Wars comes out in 1977 and it's this mm-hmm. huge success and in 2020 the value of the Star Wars franchises is, is estimated to be like 70 billion dollars when you put mm-hmm. it all together they do about 14 billion in toy sales which is twice the box office sales toys is a very very Big part of the business. Highly, highly collectible now. And when Star Wars came out, the most popular toys were Barbie and G.I. Joe. Those were the most (laughs) popular toys of the day. And when you look at it, a lot of the success that came from toys at the time had small screen tie-ins. So they had TV shows or cartoons or television ads. That was basically what really made toys work. And and movies are different. Traditionally, movies didn't have toy tie-ins because a movie would come out, it would be around for a few months, and then it would be gone. And once the movie was gone, you know, the toy sales would decline off.
0: You wouldn't roll the dice on creating a whole bunch of toys before the movie came out because you didn't know if it was going to be success at the box office. That's always been a bit of a dice roll.
2: It's hard to use movies to sell toys. Certainly at the time, and so when Lucas approached Mattel, Hasbro, Parker Brothers, they all turned him down. Yeah, they all said, "Nope, not we don't want to do this." Now he really believed in the potential of the toys, but six months out from the release of the movie, he still didn't have a deal. Mm. And part of the other challenge, he was also very secretive. He didn't want to share drawings and things along that line. He was prepared to share the script. So finally. Lucas approaches Kenner. And at the time, Kenner was this really tiny company located on the 11th floor of a Kroger department store building in Cincinnati, right? So they're this tiny player in the Midwest. But at this point, they're the only suitor. And it turns out that there's a Jim Schwerigan who works at Kenner, is this huge sci-fi fan and, in fact, a follower of George Lucas. And Jim looked at the script and thought, this is great. So he goes and he convinces upper management and he recommends it to them and they do a deal. Now, here's the thing. Because they also knew they were the only suitor and time was limited, they cut a sweetheart deal. Mm. So Kenner got 95% of the fees and Lucas got five percent and lucas hates this deal but he had no choice more on this later so with the film six months out they're interested in doing it but they still haven't inked the deal but they're like in that early stages and look normally it takes a a year to get a toy out because here's what happens you do some sketches for the licensee Licensee looks at it, comes back with changes. You then go back to the licensee. The licensee's happy, then you go to the manufacturer and the manufacturer says, we can't make it this way. There's this tremendous back and forth that it takes a year, takes a year for these toys to come out. Movies being released in six months, still don't have the finalized agreement. So it's about a month out and they go, they meet with Lucas and company. And actually they go to Paramount Pictures and Lucas is not even there and they present a bunch of ideas. And here's what they did. They found stuff from Fisher Price and all these other companies and put clay around it and tried to make something up. And they're doing all of this before, like literally before the final licensing. And they also wanted to do accessories like Millennium Falcon and the X-Wings. Mm-hmm. So those Barbie toys and GI jokes, they're all 12 inch dolls. And they yeah. couldn't do 12 inch and do all these accessories. So they had decided on three and three-quarter inch for the line. So again, okay. they go to Fisher-Price. And they're using this model, Gling Clay, and all this other stuff. And they go to L.A. to make the presentation. George Lucas is not even there. He's busy doing the final stuff on the movie. But 20th Century Fox, and, and sorry, I, I said Paramount earlier. 20th Century Fox liked it. Said, these are great but they're unwilling to write the check for development. Mm. It is not until April 1977, one month before release, that the deal finally gets inked. Wow. And Kenner gets 95% of the fees. Turns out the film is a huge hit, but there's no product. A lot of the designers from Kenner saw a bunch of the stuff for the first time when they went and saw the movie. (laughs) <laughs> well that's cool we should do something on that so Dave how many months from May to Christmas
0: not enough to, to, not to, to, to enough. Yeah. that's
2: <laughs> the right answer not enough see the problem by December this best selling movie of all time there's hardly any product there's nothing to sell so what do you do when you have no product and a movie's coming out they created this two part plan and this is the interesting part of this whole story so the first thing they did was anything that can be done quickly, puzzles, stuff along that lines, slap a label on it, <laughs> right? Slap a label on it, get it uh-huh. out there. So they looked at all these things that could easily be converted to a Star Wars product and got it out the door. But Christmas is coming up and they still don't have any dolls. And there's this huge opportunity. And also, as we know, the longer it goes, more things drop yeah. off. So here's what they did, and this was brilliant.
0: Stay tuned. We're going to wrap up this story and tell you how to apply this lesson to your business right after this. Two words,
3: lead flow. If you want to grow your business, lead flow is, well, not everything, but it sure can feel that way. You feel the need? The need for
0: leads.
3: And then there's the gnawing questions that plague you whenever you try to boost lead flow. Are you targeting the right customer? Are you saying the right things? Are you advertising in the right places? Are you spending too much or too little? And the ever-present, how can I best use social media? What if you could get those questions answered definitively in 90 minutes? You'd no longer feel the need for leads because now you'd know how to get them. That's what Empire Builders is offering you right now for free and with a guarantee to boot. Go to EmpireBuildersProgram.com, book a 90 minute Zoom meeting with the Empire Building expert and boom, questions answered, problems solved. We'll give you the real answers, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Yes, our famous no-pitching and no-bitching guarantee. First, we won't pitch you at all, seriously.
2: If you want to work with us beyond our meeting, you'll have to explicitly ask about moving forward. And the bitchin' part?
3: If you're not satisfied with the answers, say the word.
2: And I'll pay you cold hard cash for your wasted time. No hard feelings.
3: Now that's a guarantee.
2: Look, Empire Builders take action. If lead flow is an issue for you, take action on it. Book
3: your Zoom meeting at empirebuildersprogram.com.
0: Let's pick up our story where we left off, and trust me, you haven't missed a thing.
2: Today, when people are out of stock on things, think about this. They sold an empty box with a certificate (laughs) and a stand. I kid you not. They sold an empty box, and inside the box there was a stand for the four dolls that you were going to get and a promise of four action figures to come in the spring when it's released nice and it's sold like crazy An empty box
0: now you've got prepaid toys all you have to do is make them
2: right like think about You're not this rolling like the dice anymore standpoint yeah no you've got the sales you've yeah. got the sales and it was a frenzy when these toys came out it was crazy stock would come in and be sold in three days they sold twenty. 2 million figures a year is what Kenner's been doing. And two years after the launch of the toy, they're still under that original agreement because it was rights forever. All they had to do, all they had to do, produce enough toys to generate $10,000 in royalties and they would keep this forever.
0: Mm, How hard is that?
2: (laughs) Yeah, not hard at all. Now, one of the other things that Kenner did that was really interesting because there was this big gap between You know, the figures and things like the Millennium Falcon. So Mm -hmm. they started making up things to fill the price gap. Like just things that never appeared in the movie. And Lucas loved it. Like here's the other part where I'll give Lucas a lot of credit. He loved it because he said, well, this adds more life to the product line, right? It doesn't have to be in the movie as long as it fits the theme of it. Now, Kenner also went and bet on a little micro line that failed and they cut it after a year, and they lost a ton of dough on it. Second film comes out. Third film comes out. Both of them opportunities for new figures. It's huge. The average kid now owns 10 figures from Mm. Star Wars. 10. But the trilogy is now over. And Kenner's like, now what? Because Lucas says, you know what? I'm going to rest the brand. So Kenner's now in trouble. And if we think about it, if we go back and listen to the Lego episode, this is similar to what happened to Lego, right? Because Lego bet heavy on Star Wars and when the trilogy ended, it almost put Lego out of business. Came like this close to sinking Lego. And that was back in episode 28. And Kenner is in trouble. Hasbro swoops in and buys Kenner. So great. But guess what Hasbro forgot to do? To do the $10,000 a year in royalties. Oh, okay. And they lost the contract. Lucas now decides I'm coming out with a new trilogy, and guess what? This deal is going to be renegotiated, and Hasbro has no leverage with Lucas. Sure. Because Lucas hated the old deal, and seemingly this became the most expensive deal in history in terms of a toy deal. The base royalty, instead of it being 95% to the toy maker and 5 to Lucas, becomes 18% to Lucas and 82% to the toy maker. And they haven't even seen the script yet.
0: Yeah, movie's not out.
2: Movie's not out, haven't seen the script. So lots of toys are built ahead of time and sales tank because that first movie was not a big success with kids. But what they did was they pivoted and decided to focus on collectors, Mm -hmm. right? Variations of the original. And that worked out really well for them.
0: Those kids that grew up and yep. had a mint inbox unopened figurines that they just kept from their childhood. There's nothing to a collector more tempting than having all of the things.
2: Yeah. So they focused on that, but then Clone Wars came out, and that was a huge opportunity for War Toys. And then Lucas sells to Disney for over, you know, four billion dollars. And to date, there's been one billion star wars toys sold that's a lot of toys that's a lot of toys when i was looking at this i thought there was a couple of really interesting things that came out of it first of all read your contract (laughs) (laughs) how much do you think hasbro wished they had read the contract and had been signing those ten thousand dollar checks
0: oh 13 percent worth
2: oh god yeah
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) and the other thing that just really also got me was no product to sell. They didn't let that prevent them. They yeah. got creative on it. And I am sure the person who stood up and said, hey, let's sell an empty box with a certificate in it and stands. I'm sure everybody went, oh, you're nuts.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of a geeky fan, I don't have any of the toys, but I remember when those action figures came out, it was rare to find a Boba Fett toy. That one was hard to get.
2: The Boba Fett toy where the rocket actually fires is the most mm-hmm. valuable toy, yeah. most sought after, most rare toy in the Star Wars collection.
0: Because they quit making the rocket firing one because it was dangerous.
2: And it was actually a bonus offer that came along with something else. I forget what the deal, was on it exactly, but it is most valued toy.
0: And I think the the cool thing about it is that the Boba Fett character because that toy was rare and sought after, there became a bit of a lore about Boba Fett which turns into entire series. It does, you know, and character development and storylines and and an entire race of Mandalorians and so the toys actually added to the Star Wars universe in a way that wasn't anticipated. It's really a cool story about toys.
2: The other thing I really admire about Kenner is when they saw this price gap, they said, well, let's create some other things that aren't on the movies but could be part of the universe. They understood that kids would still want to play with those things. They bought into the idea that it was a made-up universe. And Lucas was cool with it as well because he's like, it's a made-up universe. Yeah. And Kenner, you know, look, to Kenner's credit... They also bought rights to a movie that no one else wanted. Sure. And they saw this as their opportunity and leveraged that. And that was really that was really brilliant. But the caution in all of this is what Kenner did not do was plan for a future without Star Wars. That was a mistake Lego made as well. Mm. And sometimes we get caught in this whole thing of... Things are going great, things are going great, things are going great. I've grown by this, I've grown by this. And we continue to project that that future is going to be exactly the same. And they didn't plan for a future without Star Wars, and it killed them. Yeah. And so sometimes, you know, we've also got to recognize that we got to look forward and be prepared for things like Star Wars coming to an end, or this change happening, or that change happening. Or also not having so much of our business wrapped up in one Thing that if that one thing goes away, it spells the end. But, you know, I would love, I would love to have been in the meeting where the person stands up and says, Hey, Dave, here's what I think we should do. I think we should (laughs) just sell an empty box. Sure. You know, empty box, the stand it, little certificate inside. I think that's what we should do. And people will buy that. And kids will actually be happy to unwrap a present that is an empty box. (laughs)
0: it's it's such a risk but you think about the anticipation of those kids then too right they're just looking forward to to when they finally get these things yeah and that's hard to do as well right because you're in between movies you don't even know that you're in between movies right the movie's done there's talk of maybe a second one but the memory of the movie is fading
2: yeah it was a really gutsy move and you know good for them good for them
0: yeah well, thanks for sharing this one. I love talking about Star Wars.
2: All right. Thanks, David.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share us. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave us a big, fat, juicy five-star rating and review. And if you have any questions about this or any other podcast episode, email to questions at com.